0: Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on November 28th, 2022 from my parents' house down in James Island. Back in the closet, folks. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a congressional wrap-up of activity involving several South Carolina delegation members. We look at more findings from the recent Winthrop poll and hear a report from Scott Morgan on LGBTQ book bans. In business, we look at how much money lawmakers will have to budget with next year and find out why gas prices are almost as low as last year's prices. In medical, we bring you the latest on declining flu cases in the state and a warning on a potential COVID surge. Also, we want to hear from you guys. It's Cyber Monday. I don't know what the Tuesday is. The Giving Tuesday, I think, when you listen to this on Tuesday. Give to the lead. And by giving to the lead, you can become an ETV Endowment member. Super easy. Go online to see public radio, South Carolina public mash that donate button no one's telling me to do this i'm just doing it out of the goodness of my heart and my devotion to the etv endowment but if you're not gonna donate which you're not required to though we highly recommend we would prefer you give us a call 803-563-7169 leave us your name where you're calling from and a little story spin us a tale folks it's about to be december <laughs> it's toyotathon drive to remember we're gonna get all into our favorite holiday spoof soon but. Let us know what you're up to, 803-563-7169, and thank you. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is low, according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. There were 2,790 confirmed COVID-19 cases and 16 deaths for the week ending November 19th, according to DHEC. Both of those declined from the week before. On average, 202 South Carolinians were hospitalized with COVID-19, 29 were in the intensive care unit, and 10 were on ventilators for the week ending November 19th. Currently, 53.6% of eligible South Carolinians are fully vaccinated. And we'll have more on the flu and future of a potential COVID winter surge in our medical section. Stay tuned. Let's start off the politics section by looking at what South Carolinians are thinking. What are you thinking? In a segment we're calling, What are you thinking? We do this thanks to the Winthrop poll conducted by Winthrop Local Science Professor Scott Huffman and his team. Now let's go through the nitty-gritty details about what makes this into a poll. This survey is a probability sample of adult residents of South Carolina. It takes data from 1,298 respondents that was collected between October 22nd and November 5th. So this is right before the midterms, folks. Now, results using all respondents have a margin of error of plus or minus 2.8% at the 95% confidence level. So, let's go through some highlights, including the first question, which asked, do you feel that you have been discriminated against because of your race or ethnicity? 47% of black respondents said yes, with 46% saying no, while 21% of white respondents said yes, and 75% said no. When it comes to expressing opinions publicly... 47% 47% of respondents said that there has been a time when they felt they could not express political opinions out of fear of being verbally attacked or harassed. More Republicans felt threatened sharing their opinions than Democrats. Support for medical marijuana is strong, with 78% of those surveyed supporting it, including 71% of Republicans. You may remember Republican Senator Tom Davis's strict medical marijuana bill that narrowly made it out of the Senate this year but died in the House on a technicality and was set to be essentially filibustered by Greenwood Republican Representative John McCravey. He's the same person who led the House's failed attempt to pass a stricter abortion law in the special session. That could be because there is strong support for abortion exceptions, which the poll backs up. According to Huffman, quote, The majority of South Carolinians believe in the ability to get a legal abortion at at least under some circumstances. There doesn't seem to be much support for additional restrictions, quote. 86% of all respondents said a woman should be able to obtain a legal abortion if the pregnancy threatens her life or health. If the pregnancy was a result of rape, 82% of respondents also said the woman should be able to obtain a legal abortion. Republican support was 75% in this situation, while Democratic support was 91%. Support for a legal abortion fell if the baby was likely to be born with severe disabilities or health problems, with 63% of all respondents indicating a woman should be able to obtain a legal abortion in these instances. Now, when asked if a woman should be able to obtain a legal abortion for any reason, the support dropped to 46% of all respondents. We'll bring you some more findings of this survey on Saturday. Now, let's do a South Carolina congressional delegation wrap-up. First up, last Tuesday, Senator Lindsey Graham gave his long-awaited testimony before a special grand jury at the Fulton County Courthouse in Georgia as part of an investigation into efforts by former President Donald Trump and his allies to influence the outcome of the 2020 election in Georgia. Kevin Bishop, a spokesperson for Graham, later said in a statement that the senator, quote, testified for just over two hours and answered all questions. The senator feels he was treated with respect, professionalism, and courtesy. Out of respect for the grand jury process, he will not comment on the substance of the questions, quote. Next up, the Post and Courier reported that Sarah Timmons, wife of the recently re-elected 4th District Congressman William Timmons, has filed for divorce after three years. William was just reelected to his third term. Sarah filed for legal separate support and maintenance on November 18th in Greenville County Family Court, an initial step in South Carolina's divorce process, according to the newspaper. Timmons acknowledged difficulties in their marriage over the summer following his outright win in the primaries. And outgoing House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn was on CPS's Face the Nation this Sunday when Margaret Brennan asked Clyburn this question regarding his future in power.
1: Democrats are holding leadership elections in, in the coming week. You're already in leadership. I know you will be standing for election to a different position. But if it is time for a new generation, as Speaker Pelosi had said, why do you think it's necessary for you to stay in power? Do you think the next generation needs you to guide them?
2: Well, you know, I've always said there is a healthy respect. It's biblical with me. We need to have a healthy blend of strength and knowledge. And look at our leadership. The South is left out of it. And what I'm doing is trying to make sure that we do not tilt too far to the east or too far to the west, but maintain what we have here. There's no other southerner among uh, the leadership ranks, and we need the South. We need these historical black colleges and universities, but for Georgia, where would the Senate be today? And the last time I checked, Georgia is south of okay. South Carolina.
0: Clyburn is said to be the fourth most powerful Democrat in the House if he's elected as assistant Democratic leader, as expected. Library has held the number three position as whip from 2007 through 2011 and from 2019 to present. Moving on, the upstate has stepped into the national debate about what place gay and transgender-themed books have in the public space. Scott Morgan has a look at the fight between representation, censorship, and community values from the shelves of the Greenville County Library. Here's Scott's report.
3: Where they would have been would have been like
0: a pier and a display
2: Troy Styles b- is whispering because we're in the library. The ones that were not juvenile, they're on the top shelf. They were out of reach. A few months back, Greenville County Councilman Joe Dill raised the issue of removing 24 books, most with LGBTQ plus themes, from the children's sections of the county's public libraries, including here at the Hughes main branch. While the library board reviews the books, they are not on the library shelves and may not go back to where they once were. Stiles says he and his 10-year-old son find frequent refuge among these shelves. Though lately, not as much as before.
0: One we were at the library yesterday with my son. I did feel weird, because that's how I feel like they identify. They're like, oh, there's that gay family, you know? The comfort got removed just
2: by the topic being presented. Public libraries are on the front lines of free speech fights and culture wars all over the country. Boiled down, the main argument often surrounds what place gay and trans-oriented materials, frequently interpreted as being sexually explicit materials, have in a community space. Even if those materials, like most of the titles under review in Greenville, are written with kids and families in mind. In Greenville County, this argument has particular resonance. This is largely the same, although deeply split, county council that two years ago voted to keep a 1996 resolution that expressly condemns homosexuality as being incompatible with community values. Queer people make up around 8% of the population. Uh, I would guess there's around 120,000 queer people who live in and around the upstate. And the Greenville County Library is funded via our tax dollars, as well as everyone else's tax dollars. That's Tyler Prescott. He's the CEO of the upstate South Carolina LGBT Chamber of Commerce. It makes sense just to say, point blank, we deserve to be represented in materials the same way as our straight and cisgender friends who have houses and homes and jobs who live here and work here the same way we do. Basically, our position is that the library should be representing everybody. And this is Miles Dame of Greenville's Freedom and Libraries Advocacy Group. As Dame sees it, the effort to move books with LGBTQ themes from the children's sections is soft censorship. They can say, oh, we're not banning the book by removing it, but if you move it to another section purely because of its content and nothing else, that's still censorship. Some of these books are not written for kids, but kids can't get those without parents approving it anyway. Greenville County's libraries have an option for parents who want to allow their children to check out certain books. Not the point, however, for LGBTQ advocates like Greenville PFLAG President Susan Ward. My concern is the continued conflating of the LGBTQ community with sexual explicitness. That was Ward on a Zoom interview a few weeks ago. Later, in person, she expanded on her concern. What they're trying to do is dangerous. It's dangerous to kids who themselves identify as part of the LGBTQ community because they need to see themselves represented in our media. And it's dangerous to kids who are not part of the LGBTQ community because they need to see representation of the beautiful diversity of our community. And why it's dangerous, says Elizabeth Ciricchio, founder of AMS Counseling and the Queer Wellness Center, is because LGBTQ kids are especially prone to extreme emotional and psychological distress, especially when their larger community views them as abnormal or worse. When they watch the larger community of like Greenville gather to pretty aggressively attack the character of queer people and villainize them and compare them to molesters or serial killers because of either how they identify or who they happen to be attracted to, that's a very scary place. Susan Ward says the effort to paint LGBTQ books as something sinister is overblown and politicized, but that advocates still need to push back against it anyway. The fight, however, is spreading. Within South Carolina, this same public debate over LGBTQ-themed books and whether the very topic of gender identity or sexual orientation is in itself appropriate for children have been happening in several other counties, including Spartanburg, Buford, Ori, and Pickens. And this states three upstate U.S. House representatives Republicans Jeff Duncan, Will Timmons, and Ralph Norman co-signed the proposed Stop the Sexualization of Children Act in October, a bill that would prohibit any federal money from being spent on sexually-oriented programs or literature aimed at children younger than 10. Greenville's library board, no member of which responded to calls for comments on this story, is expected to make its recommendations on December 5th about what to do about the books it has under review.
0: Thanks for that report, Scott. You can find that report and more news on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. Or you can also donate to the ETV Endowment. And under our 2024 watch, former U.S. U.N. Ambassador and Governor Nikki Haley will be speaking at Clemson University on November 29th. If you're listening on Tuesday, that's today. The Turning Point USA event is named A Night with Nikki Haley, The Road to Saving America. Haley just spoke at the Republican Jewish Coalition annual leadership meeting in Las Vegas with some other 2024 hopefuls, and we'll have a recap of what she says in Clemson in Saturday's podcast. We got a quick business section for you. South Carolina lawmakers will once again have an abundance of revenue to budget with next year. I'm talking an additional $3.5 billion. That's thanks to employment in South Carolina being above its pre-pandemic levels and growing more quickly than expected. This according to the State Board of Economic Advisors. Additionally, personal income appears to have settled above its pre-pandemic trend and continues to grow, largely due to increases in wages stemming from the labor shortage. Based on analysis by staff and perspectives shared by the BEA's panel of economists, South Carolina's economy is expected to grow over the next two years and will likely fare better than the nation should a recession occur. Despite continued strong growth and relative optimism, the uncertainty about the timing and degree of a potential recession resulting from the Federal Reserve's actions and other global events poses a significant risk. In weighing these conflicting factors, the BEA determined that caution is warranted in guarding the state's financial future against a possible downturn, above and beyond current expectations. So we say all that to say that lawmakers, again, will have an additional $3.5 billion to budget with, thanks to $754 million in new recurring dollars and $2.7 billion in one-time dollars. That's a lot of money. Now, additional recurring dollars, that's money that comes back every year, are used typically for operating expenses and pay raises. Things that have to be funded every year. One-time dollars are typically used for capital investments like new buildings and infrastructure, as well as renovations and upkeep. And we expect to see Greenville Republican Representative Bruce Bannister steer the all-powerful House Ways and Means Committee when lawmakers return and the committee begins to craft its budget in January. Now on the way out, a little update on gas prices. I know it's been a minute, but that's because they are down to near where they were a year ago in South Carolina, according to AAA. The average cost for a gallon of gas right now is $3.13 a gallon compared to $3.09 last year and $3.28 a month ago. Reuters reports that oil prices fell close to their lowest this year on Monday as street protests against strict COVID-19 curbs in China, the world's biggest crude importer stoked concern over the outlook for fuel demand. Brent crude, the international benchmark, dropped by 3.1% on Monday to trade around $80.96 a barrel and U.S. West Texas Intermediate crude slid 2.7% to $74.19 a barrel after touching its lowest price since December 22nd last year. Reuters continues saying that the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, OPEC, and its allies, which include Russia, will meet on December 4th. In October, OPEC Plus agreed to reduce its output target by 2 million barrels per day through 2023. I say all this because I certainly was not complaining about gas prices when I was driving up and around Interstate 95 to DC and Virginia for Thanksgiving. Even got $1.99 a gallon at Sheets. That's right, folks. Start off medical was some news from the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security on the current COVID situation. This tidbit stuck out from their latest newsletter that says that the World Health Organization on November 16th announced that the worldwide number of new COVID-19 cases increased for the first time in four months, warning that the true number of infections is likely higher due to declines in testing. Additionally, upticks in influenza and RSV cases are straining hospitals, particularly some countries in the Americas. While many in the U.S. work to find balance between COVID-19 precautions and returning to a sense of normalcy, there are signs the coronavirus has not gone away. The number of new weekly COVID-19 cases are beginning to increase, raising concerns over a potential winter surge amid waning immunity and the emergence of new subvariants. Some numbers for you. About 330 people die of COVID-19 each day in the United States, and around 21,000 are hospitalized with COVID-19 on any given day. Despite low levels of uptake of the bivalent booster vaccine, again, only 10% of the population aged 5 and older have received the updated shot, some U.S. health officials, including White House COVID-19 response coordinator Dr. Ashish Jha, say they are not expecting a large surge in cases during the winter holiday season. Dr. Jha is confident that broad vaccine coverage and widespread previous infections will help keep a large surge at bay. Johns Hopkins continues to report that other experts are not so assured saying the possibility remains for a substantial surge, with several factors making the U.S. underprepared. Declining support for community vaccination campaigns, a public that is tuning out renewed government vaccination messaging, few remaining treatments effective against emerging Omicron sublineages, waning use of non-pharmaceutical interventions like mask use, and diminishing surveillance place the United States in uncharted territory heading into what is traditionally the height of respiratory virus season. So a lot to think about there when it comes to the future of COVID, and we'll have another report on that in Saturday's podcast. Now let's look at the flu in South Carolina. There was a decrease in lab-confirmed cases, influenza-like illnesses, and hospitalizations from the flu, according to DHEC's weekly flu report for the week ending November 19th. The virus does remain widespread, but this is encouraging news as the first wave appears to be breaking with the second consecutive week of declining cases. However, for the week ending November 19th, there were 231 influenza-associated hospitalizations and five deaths, pushing the current season total to 16 deaths, far above the five-year average of five. Public health officials continue to urge folks to get the flu shot, stay home if they are sick, wash their hands regularly, cover their coughs and sneezes, and again, wash your hands. That's for me. I'm telling you to do that. Call to action. wash your hands for me. Welcome to the wind down section Our little break from the news We talk about life during the pandemic And we want to hear your stories as well Tell us what you're up to Tell us how Thanksgiving was We are in the swing of the holiday season Toyotathon, however you celebrate um, Honda days Holidays, yeah. Honda days Saturdays <laughs> um, <laughs> um, But yeah, we love hearing from you guys 803-563-7169 That's how you can call us We can't call you I can't. I can't make these phone calls
3: Hey, I mean, we, we have a database of all your phone numbers, but we are not allowed <laughs> that to use it. That would be kind it. of funny.
0: We should do cold calls and pretend like, hey, it's Publishers <laughs> Clearinghouse. It's the lead.
3: Hey, we don't have anything to give you. No, 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 no.
0: Oh, that would be funny. Like, yeah, by giving us your phone number, we may call you and put you on the spot for a voicemail on the spot.
3: I might have to cut a new uh, voice, voicemail uh, <laughs> intro. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, Gavin, how was your Thanksgiving, huh? It, it was super duper, of course. You know, it's my
0: favorite holiday. What was your favorite thing to eat, huh? You know what my favorite thing to eat is on Thanksgiving? The old green bean casserole.
3: Oh, that's fine. Okay, I thought you were going to say turkey, and I was going to bark the you The down. traditional dish that was there on the first Thanksgiving. I...
0: I don't think the green bean casserole.
3: I have ever seen a green bean casserole. Oh I've never God. been in the same just room as one. You keep baiting
0: was. me. You keep baiting me. We're gonna
3: debate <laughs> it. Do, mm-hmm. do you guys hear? It's just
0: nonstop. Okay, well then, uh, before we get something, I just want to say we'll have a meal. Add this to the yes. meal chart. We're gonna have a Whopper, sliced very yeah. delicately. We'll have a big, a big Mac, very sliced. Big Mac. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll have a green bean casserole, seasoned to perfection, with just salt and pepper. Not too much pepper.
3: <laughs> Ooh, not too much pepper. Not, not too, too much, much salt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I did tell my mom that you've never had a Big Mac. Cause I don't know how we got on, but I'm like, oh, you know, Ats never had one. She's like, oh my god. Anyway, yeah, this guy. How anyway, yes, we have dish a call before we get a uh, call.
3: Oh, my favorite dish. Um, Tzatziki. I cook. I cooked a great prime rib roast, and also I executed a farro to perfection.
2: We love great that. acid
3: hit to the meal. Love it. It was good. Anyway, call in, let us know. Uh, but we did get a call. Mm-hmm. All right, we got a call. This is a little different, little different kind of call. So, Gavin, you ready? Yeah. Let's let's
1: check it out. Hey, Gavin and AT. Uh, This is a little dark, so you may not want to put it on the show, but I want you guys to know how much you helped me. This is Daniel Duncan. I'm the guy who ran against Stuart Jones for House District 14 up in Lawrence County this year. I started listening to y'all when I switched uh, runs at my trucking job and my new partner listened to South Carolina Public Radio, and I wanted to thank you guys for your realistic Fair coverage of South Carolina politics, especially your interview with the South Carolina GOP chair. That helped me cope with the loss of my election and allowed me to focus on losing my mom less than 12 hours after the polls closed. It was a really rough time. Um, But knowing that the GOP was working quietly, talking to voters the whole time, which was my entire campaign strategy, and knowing that they just outworked me. That helped me deal with everything. And I wanted you to know that I appreciate that you strive to cover both sides. So I'm happy to keep listening. I appreciate what you guys do. So I'll probably give South the Spooky a pass. It's not really my jam. Thanks and keep doing the good work.
0: Thanks for sharing that story, Daniel. We strive to make politics understandable, take the rhetoric out as much as possible, and get you all the news you need without that spin. And also, what a story. Uh, we are sorry for your loss of your mother, Daniel. That's oh, yeah. difficult. I can't even imagine, you know, loss on top of loss. It's just big losses by themselves taken together. I can't even imagine dealing with that. So I'm glad we could be there in some way for that and i
3: also i i mean normally we do not play anyone trying to who has run or is running for anything or Mm -hmm. political officials voicemails or anything like this but uh thank you daniel thank you for listening thank you for the compliments thank you for sharing that your mother died that that means a lot and it Mm -hmm. it does i mean it was a compliment and so uh we appreciate that thank you and i Please listen to South of Spooky, man. If you need a, if you need a pick oh, me up, yeah. come on. It's part of our Marvel universe, our extended universe. It is not a Spook Pod in the classic sense mm-hmm. of the word. Okay, this isn't like the a Spook Pod from the turn of the century. Yeah, it's goofy. You know it's I like I mean? the wind down know? section on steroids. <laughs> yeah, on steroids. Like if we planned this out, ever. I will. Yeah.
0: And I will say a uh, little segue there. I was we were home doing Thanksgiving. We did, we did two Thanksgivings, one on Sunday because my brother Colin, who is a police officer, was working Thanksgiving. So mm-hmm. we were, we always do like a separate Thanksgiving. You know, and it, and it's probably my favorite one because we just get Greek takeout.
3: <laughs> so it's <laughs> that like awesome. good. we're all that hanging out. That is close drinking, to my Thanksgiving. That's yeah. close to my Thanksgiving. I have grape leaves every year.
0: And um Colin was just like, oh I mean, I know he's been a fan of the Spook Pod. He's just been digging it. We even sure. listened to most of it. Um, the Boo Hag one I was just oh, one of my favorites, too. So we're listening. We're talking about it. And um, he's like, but you know what? Wasn't really crazy about the last one. I was like, oh, crazy. I a, love a, the last a, one. A critique? What is Where this? Where we
3: actually do what we Where told we people yeah, we right? were going to do from the start.
0: <laughs> I love that they're like, is this what you do for a living? Yeah. I don't, but in, in meanwhile, I was like, I talked to him. I'm like, I don't know how you do what you do. I was at a Wawa on the way up, and they cops had to show up to get this guy out of like the bathroom. It was just a whole ordeal. And I text a con. I'm like, how do you do this job all the time? And he's like, sometimes it makes a difference, but most times it's it's a slog. I was <laughs> like, oh, well.
3: That's how you got to get me out of a Wawa. I got to say oh, Go oh, birds, You guys you know do not I mean? want to
0: see this guy in a Wawa. It's the absolute oh, my worst. Goodness.
3: Yeah, this guy's a fiend in a <laughs> Wawa. She, she wants to stop like, ordering I'm like, just, hoagies. I'm
0: like, I just want a hoagie. It was like <laughs> – it was like 1030, you know, I just wanted a
3: morning hoagie. I drove all this way in my Sedona. I just want a hoagie. <laughs> in my Sportage. My is Sportage. Sportage. Uh, I'm going to be late driving, for so, my bird's tailgate.
0: So I don't have a Sportage, but I have a Volkswagen Passat. And, right. um, you know, tires are the bane of my ex- existence, right? You know, nothing. Okay. I hate nothing more than buying new tires because, yes, they are so critical, but they are just so lame at the same time. It's you know? it's
3: a it's lame as hell to buy them. Yeah, and I know.
0: usually I've been replacing them piecemeal because I get a nail in one and they can't plug it, so I got to get a new one. So I've been you do piecemeal I, I replacement. Gotta,
3: I gotta say for the listeners, Gavin is someone who is always <laughs> talking about his tires too. Always and like <laughs> we'll be going up to his car and he'll be like, "Do these do these look good to you? Like this this looks <laughs> good, t- right? Are these worn? <laughs> so take that, keep that in your brain, because I'm driving down 95.
0: And I, I do get a little bit of, I started getting this little wobble. I'm like, oh, that's not a good sign. But it's mm-hmm. under Wobbly like 25 me, yeah. miles an hour. I'm in stop and go traffic. I'm like, okay, we'll get this checked out when I get home because I need an oil change anyway, which I had put off about 2,000 miles. Don't don't tell my car.
3: Don't even get him started on oil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hate oil changes too. So I take it up to my mom's guy. You know, she's been going to this guy for years to so just drop it off, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, check out that front tire. It's wobbling or something. He calls back. He's like, you need three new tires, baby. One of them is like about to explode. I was like, what? <laughs> I got two of those like within the past two years or so. I checked. They're still good. And I kind of got screwed like that, I think. But the last one, yeah, he was true. Because that was, that was out of warranty. I got it like a long time ago. Forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And yes, when you saw the inside of the tire, which you can't see from, you know, just glancing over it. Yes, there was some uh, wear. <laughs> some metal might have been exposed. Uh,
3: how I would <laughs> say, uh, wear, yeah, The guy was like,
0: like, how did you make it up 95? I'm like, I don't know. Prayers and a promise. It I only wobbled when I was
3: going under 25, so I just went 80 the whole time. And, you
0: know, I've had the, the, the check your tire light always on, but I always just thought that was I – don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's always been on. So <sighs> I was like, okay, I'll get new tires. My mom was like, this is going to be your Christmas present. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, just what I wanted, new tires for Christmas.
3: Yeah, and if anyone else dreams of tires like Gavin does, oh. please call in. Well, you know, it's almost a
0: December to remember. So it's easy to understand it's why tires on the brain. It's
3: so close to for the December to remember sales event. It's I mean, the Honda days always, are here. I mean, it's my state of mind most of the year. You know, sometimes I'll drift in and out of Honda days and Toyotathon, But December to remember is always how I stay up. <laughs> this guy you know?
0: can be hot as hell in July. December yeah. to and remember. December Gavin can attest.
3: Remember. As soon as I tore my Achilles, I was on the ground, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> December to remember. December to remember." You were so worried because you're like, "How's this going to affect my ability to celebrate?" Thank I remember you. That. Yes. So anyway, selfless. So selfless. <laughs> anyone listening, I'm glad you're listening. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Have you made Colin, it this far? <laughs> Tell us how bad it went, please. Okay, and tell us your tired uh, thanks stories. for listening. Yeah, tell your tire nightmares. Tell okay, us,
0: give us your tired tire stories. Eight oh three five six three seven one six nine we're Thanks here for you for listening gavin Thanks for hit
3: him with the hit him with the outro please Thanks guys
0: yeah uh calling like daniel did Eight zero three five six three seven one six nine. 563 leave us a review on apple Podcasts. we love that and you can also stay up to date with the latest news every day scetv.org and south carolina public radio.org and don't forget to support your local newspapers folks they're out there every day too for the south carolina lead i'm gavin jackson be well south carolina
3: The boy who lived. I don't say the rest. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what that's from. I made that up about Gavin. I...
1: <laughs>